they, you know what pisses me off? You know, I, I was an elite athlete for many years. Uh, I was a eight-time national champion in karate and a world medalist. And wow. one thing that pisses me off, I didn't know any of this. My coaches didn't know any of this. It's not taught. This, this is like original. This, like I wanted, I wanted to know this like from my coach. Like why is this not bigger in, you know, especially in, uh, in high peak performance? Well, here's why, Peter. There's two ways you can, uh, you can accelerate your growth. One is you can run away from something, right? And the other one is you can run towards something. <laughs> and it's more work to run away from something, but it works exceptionally well. So the beginning of my career, look, I, I'm going to tell you how well this works. I made $6 million when I was 26. Okay, I lost when I was 28, oops. <laughs> but I had a brief period of wealth there, that which, which was really nice and helped to fund some of my self-experiments. But I was deaf, just deathly afraid of failure, right? So if you will do everything in, in your power to run away from failure, and the reason people are afraid of failure is it's really straightforward. It's all biological and it's programmatic and it's, it's based on rules. I'm a computer science guy. So it's based on an algorithm for life. And I'll tell you what the whole algorithm is in a minute. But the most important thing is don't die. And, and your body knows without you thinking about it that if you're not a part of the tribe, no one will feed you and the tigers and lions will eat you and you'll die. Right? So that's why we're afraid of failure. So you, you don't think about this. It's built in. It's automatic. It's outside the brain. It's in subcellular components throughout the body that roll their behavior up into what you feel. And so, God, failure is impossible. I will beat myself up to you know, be the best in the world. And the whole time you'll be telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm a bad person. If I don't do this, no one's going to love me. Like, you know, I'll never go out on a date and blah, 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 blah. Well, the other thing you could do is you could say, I don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> like, I want to do this because I want to be the best in the world. Like, I want to make a meaningful impact. I want to inspire people. I want to do what I want to do. And it's actually way less work to do that because what they haven't taught you as a professional athlete and what they don't teach anywhere is that the voice in your head costs you electrons. So if you can shut up the voice in your head, the energy that went into that goes somewhere and it goes into either folding proteins properly so you can live longer or it goes into your willpower so you can persevere and you can be more resilient and you can be stronger, faster, smarter, better, or you can just be more giving, more kind, you know, more calm. Whatever your goal is, it's free energy that's just wasted with these little eddies in your mind that don't even do anything. You want to know the algorithm for life? Yeah, you know, I'm trying. What I'm trying to do here is to redefine success. So any any help I can get, uh, I truly appreciate it. All right. And this came to me after I wrote uh, Headstrong. This was my book. I went really deep on mitochondria in the brain. So this is a book on how do you keep your brain working better than it's supposed to. And it hit the New York Times monthly bestseller list between Homo Deus and Sapiens, along with the Secret Life or the Hidden Life of Trees. And I was like, wow, I never imagined as an author. Um, that one of my books would hit you know, the big list, uh, which was a, a serious honor. And there's huge numbers of references, but the mindset of, okay, let's look at how our, our bodies make energy and let's pay attention to these tiny ancient bacteria. And here's the, the sad history of how we got to be who we are. A couple billion years ago, there's some bacteria floating around and there's some other cells floating around, probably some kind of parasite, we're not really sure what. Well, the two met. And we like to say, oh, 
we uh, were the cell and these bacteria, we harnessed them to be our mobile power plants and they're called mitochondria. Now, the story from the mitochondria's perspective is, hey, we were floating around, we found these dumb mobile Petri dishes, we moved right in, we took over and we're still in charge. (laughs) You have this conflicting basis for what you are because you're you're actually every cell, most cells in your body are stuck together where you have um, tens to hundreds to even thousands of these ancient bacteria studded within a cell. And you think about that, do bacteria have an algorithm to stay alive? They have to. Everything alive does and everything shares the same algorithm. And what an algorithm is, is just a set of instructions you follow in order to solve a problem. And the problem is how do I make sure the species survives? So number one, whether you're a cactus, a zebra, a slime mold, it does not matter. Number one, run away from, kill, or hide from scary things. And this is really important because if you die right now, it's game over. So you will put 10 times more energy behind things you're afraid of. That's why you remember them better. That's why you respond to them better. And that's why fear of failure leads to procrastination and leads you to do all sorts of things that you wish you hadn't done later. Number two, okay, nothing's trying to eat me right now. What should I do? Well, so if the first one is fear, the second one is food because famine has killed every species throughout its history when there's not enough food available. So you eat everything. And this is why when you're fat and you're not making enough energy, the voice in your head screams really loud, eat the donut, eat the donut, eat the donut until you're just like, I run out of willpower, I'm gonna eat the donut, right? It's not that you're a bad person. Willpower is powered by electrons. You didn't eat the donut. You're not storing, you're storing electrons instead of using them, et cetera, et cetera. You're going you're gonna to lose. The donut will win every single time. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you're a person. So fear and then food. So run away from kill or hide, eat everything. Okay, third thing, it's also an F word. You know what it is? Yeah, I think so. What is it? <laughs> Maybe F-U-C-K. <laughs> oh, Peter, I was thinking fertility, but hey, wherever you want to go, Peter. I'm, I'm <laughs> By the way, that's what everyone says. So, okay, I, nothing's trying to kill me. My stomach is full. I think I'll get some. Why? Because if you don't reproduce the species, it's the end of life. Yeah. Right? And that's your body beliefs. Now, have you ever done something you're ashamed of that wasn't from one of those three things? No. Well, there you go. None of those are actually you. Those are automated defense systems from ancient bacteria that are the puppet masters in your body. It also turns out that those ancient mitochondria are the first line environmental sensors and they make hormones. They don't just make electrons. They're not just power plants. They're sensors that exquisitely, trillions of them throughout the body, actually quadrillions if I'm remembering my research right, throughout the body are sensing the environment all the time and changing you in response to the environment based on their stupid algorithm. And because they're dumb little bacteria, they don't understand, actually, that's not a threat. That's my teacher, (laughs) right? (laughs) They don't get that. The teacher looks like something might've been a threat when you were two. They'll fire off a little threat response. It'll cost you energy. So part of becoming a highly functioning human being is having really good pattern matching. So before you become aware of something, it runs through a distributed set of patterns throughout your body. Right, And each time it's filtering out information, oh, I don't need to know that, don't need to know that, I should respond to that, I shouldn't respond to that, oh, I think I'm injured. And it's a local belief of an injury. And funny, you can hack all of that stuff. So the definition of biohacking I came up with was the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so they have full control of your own biology. You change the inputs. So if the dumb little cells in your body are worried about something or their timing system is off, you can change the timing system with the color of light that goes in, with the temperature, by what you eat, when you eat. 
by deep breaths, um, all kinds of things. And then the environment within you is you turn off the pattern matching. All of us learn when we're young, certain things are threats that aren't actually threats. And then we still have a threat response. Waste energy, makes you old, makes you think you're a jerk, puts bad voices in your head, all that stuff. And there's the sum of knowledge of humanity. At this point, I've interviewed Nobel Prize winners, people have discovered fields, actually multiple fields in medicine and psychology and therapy. Uh, and it all agrees, whether it's ancient Tibetan stuff, ancient Chinese stuff, or the most recent transpersonal psychology stuff, what you end up with is there's a lot going on in there that's useless and can be reprogrammed. So my algorithm from the 40 years of Zen uh, training program, after having done a lot of work around the planet, was, okay, I'm going to hook a computer up to my head or to, to clients' heads, and we're going to show you when the voice in your head is lying to you. So you're going to sit down, you're going to do a specific type of meditation, and you're going to think about something. When you do, your brainwaves are going to change, and they're going to change for the negative. You know, there you go. You are responding with a threat response to something you didn't know about. How are you going to turn off a threat response? You could cognitively catch it and say, oh, I know. This is what they teach you in a lot of psychology. Oh, I know that I'm feeling fear. I'm just going to accept that I'm having a feeling, right? And then I'm going to go do it anyway. Thumbs up. Okay, that's a win. That's much higher level of enlightenment than most people. Wouldn't it be better though, if you could say, oh, you know what? I know that I have a threat response or just a reaction. Now I know because I can see it in my brain waves. I didn't actually feel very much because it was subtle. So rather than learning to feel it and then learning to accept it and let it flow through me so that I can you know, make the next block, the next move, or I can do the next big thing, or I can proceed in spite of the fear. What if you turned off the pattern matching, you turned off the switch that led to the fear in the first place because it was an inappropriate fear that didn't match reality? And that's what I've done for myself over the course of months. Most people just go for five days. But that's one of the reasons I started uh, the 40 Years of Zen program is that I can uh, go in and I've, at this point, the voice in my head doesn't do things like that anymore because I found the vast majority of things that were even micro triggers to make my brain get off of what it was doing. Uh, and I said, oh, what does that come from? And the algorithm there, it's really funny. Um, you go through, and this is part of our, our reset process that we do. We put the brain in a very specific state that uh, we built the hardware and software to do it. So you're sitting there, you learn the skill. Okay, now I'm feeling this thing. And then I'm going to go through and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to find something I'm grateful for about this horrible thing I'm worried about. And I've had people come through with the biggest fears, like fully, highly functional, wealthy, successful. I run companies. I'm a big actor. I'm a sports star. People like that, they'll come through. And it always comes down to, you know, I haven't thought about this in years, but in first grade, little Johnny was mean to me right? And he punched me. And I don't know why it just popped into my head. But when I think about it, my brainwaves go nuts. You're like, Well, there you go. So little Johnny taught your body that something wasn't safe. And your stupid body believed it for 50 years. And maybe now there's a way to go back and erase that. So you can still remember little Johnny if you want to, but you don't have any emotions associated with it. So dropping emotions that aren't serving you, that come up unbidden, is a massive way to free yourself. 